Mertes, let's fight! Boys and girls, it's your host, your boy, George McKay, back again with another Rewind. And today I got a good one. I got a special guest joining me today. He is from one of my favorite podcasts, my hermano. He is from Circle of Debate. But please welcome the devious one, Ivan C. to MLW Rewind. How are you, bro? Good, brother. How are you, man? Thank you very much for having me on. I'm excited. I want to go ahead and actually Ben wanted to do an MLW Rewind. So let's get it going, brother. Absolutely. So this week starts off with uh, a vignette, a retelling of TJP and Buku Dao, the whole storyline leading up to the main event of this past week's fusion. Now, I've stated on wax a few times, I was not invested in this storyline at all. Uh, it, it got stretched out so far that it came to the point where it was like, eh, I'm indifferent. How about you? Let's say one more time, I had technical difficulties. My, my apologies. No problem, no problem. So it started off with a vignette of TJP and Buku Dao, the whole storyline retelling leading up to the main event. Now, I was not invested in the storyline. It stretched out so long that I really stopped paying attention to it. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. But in seeing this retelling, what were your thoughts leading into this week's fusion? Honestly, with TJ, I, I, I want to digress on this. I cannot take TJP as a bully. I just can't. He's not a heel to me. Right. He's not a, an attraction to heel to. Me. Um. I don't know. I like he, just the way how he was last week with Buku Dao. Just the way how he's been treating him as of late. He doesn't look for me like that type of heelish type of person to be like. Okay, I'm gonna put. I'm the bully. I'm your. Like you're you're my B. You know. Like no. It just like I can't take TGB serious at all, man. Uh, I was looking forward for this main event, to be honest, because I've seen from last week how he mistreated Buku Dao, and Buku Dao is not a sleeper, man. Buku Dao is very underrated, not very talked about, you know, much, but this individual is very talented. So I was looking forward for this main event, I'll tell you that. Well, you know what, and uh, I will say this, uh, as the main event progressed, and we'll obviously get into that later, I ate my own words on the whole situation. I'm just going to leave it at that. Spoiler. If you're, if you're not paying attention, spoiler there. So mm -hmm. it, after that, after we get that vignette kind of retelling everything, the announcers uh, start off letting us know that Corp Bauer is going to be in the building. He's going to let us know about another big announcement because one big announcement came earlier in the week. They announced a TV deal with Vice TV. They're going to be on Vice TV starting in July or in May, I'm sorry, and it's going to be insane. I cannot wait to see how things progress with that. Now the best-kept secret in wrestling, in my opinion, is going to be available to the masses. So what's your thoughts on MLW landing that TV deal? Actually, I'm very happy. You know what Corbar is doing? He's doing everything very, very well, honestly. I think he's, he's, he's playing it right. He's playing, it, uh, he's playing his card right. And then first announcing, you know, the, re, the collaboration again with Pro Wrestling Noah, which I was really happy to hear about. That's one thing that I was, yes, finally. We haven't seen this in quite some time uh, with MLW and Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, that I know of that with Vice, going to Vice, they're not playing the, obviously, like how he mentioned on the show, he mentioned that it will be a new season, uh, but uh, they're going to be showing at least, you know, the old archives yeah. on on Vice starting on May 1st. So this is going to be all the archives archives going to be having. And then, on how he, like he said, in July, having a live crowd for the first time. So 
I'm excited for them. So, I mean, as much as Court Bauer sometimes gets on our necks, man, because there's times we're like, shit, what are you doing, bro? Like, bro, what are you doing sometimes? Like, why are you sleeping on this? But now he actually, he's playing his card right. So I, I, I got to give the band credit. He's doing the right. You know, well, I do call him, I call him the mad genius because yeah. half the times I don't know what's inside his head, but then when it pops off, you're like, okay, I'm paying attention now. I'm keeping my eye on you. So we'll get into the announcement a little bit later on, but you did just mention it there that in, in July, we're going to get crowds back at a very uh, classic arena where a lot of great wrestling memories were held for sure. We'll get into that. And Dynasty is also going to be in the building as well. Uh, the first match of the night, we get Gino Medina going at Rocky Romero. This is MLW New Japan. That working relationship has been there for a while. There's no forbidden door there. It's been opened all the time. Impact and AEW weren't the first ones to do cross promotions. Just saying. Um, this match starts off very old school for me. Very technical. Uh, both guys trying to figure each other out. A lot of holds. A lot of classic maneuvers. A little cocky by Medina after the shoulder tackle. Then we get a whole bunch of forearm exchanges. A fantastically beautiful 540 kick from Medina for a very quick two. I love Medina's kicks. His striking ability is very underrated for me. Uh, then we get another four, forearm exchange. A lot of quick back and forth. Again, I got to state, I love the old school story that was told in this match not a lot of high flying not a lot of over the top maneuvers a very sexy baseball slide from Romero on the outside Romero hanging on Medina on the ropes I don't know what he was doing there it was pretty freaking insane uh the drop kick to Medina for the two count Romero three clotheslines back to back then Medina kicks him in the back of the head for another two I thought it was out there but somehow Romero kicked out then we get another clothesline by Medina Romero misses with the Inseguri. Then he does this weird thing where he misses with the Inseguri and he somehow brings up his back leg to kick it. Oh, yeah. it was, I don't know how he did that. The athleticism there was, it blew me away. And then Romero goes for the bulldog. Medina reversed it into a face drop. Then Romero comes back with the, the knee, a tornado DDT after that, into a suplex for the arm bar and Romero wins. That sequence was insane. And um, I, I'm sad that... Medina has now lost twice in a row, so he's kind of got this steady streak of losing. He lost two weeks ago to Richard Holiday, and then this week to uh, Romero. But this match was incredible, and I think it showcased Romero uh, a little bit more, I don't know how to say it, a little bit more openly, if you will. It showcased the abilities that I, I don't really see too often in New Japan from him, and I've watched Romero in New Japan for a long time. But I really love this match. I love that old-school story. I loved how they were working both on the arms and the backs, just breaking the opponent down. You don't see that much anymore. Usually you go for the quick five, oh my God moments. And this one was very spaced out. And I really, really liked this match. Wasn't match of the night for me, but I really liked this match. What are your thoughts? I mean, it was a great opening match. I'll tell you that. I like both of them. I mean, we all know Gino's credentials and we know Rocky's credentials. It isn't unfortunate Gino's been on a losing streak, as you mentioned. It's, you know, losing to Richard Holiday. His former, you know, member of Dynasty, and then um, then losing to Rocky Romero. I don't know what's next for Gino. Gino is another one that is has been with MLW for quite some time. I I'm just hoping that he just bounces back from this loss, and hopefully they do something with him because this is something that I'm curious of what they're gonna do with with him now that he is on his own, no longer with Dynasty. I'm just curious. Uh, but overall, this match, yes, was I loved it. Uh, Rocky, you can't sleep on Rocky no middle. That's that's a that's a that's an individual that I could go way back for his credentials, but I'm not I'm not doing that. It's a list of his credentials, so I'm not gonna do the list. Type, no, I'm not gonna do that shit. No, I'm not gonna do that. But 
Uh, I that, that 2018 though, man. Oh my god. I, yeah, you're right. We haven't seen this in quite some time, you know, in MLW. So I was really happy about that. And um, I mean, hopefully with this, hopefully with this loss, Gino can bounce back once again and find some, do something different. And I'm hoping that he could be, you know, be talked about in especially for the middleweight. Uh, or if not for the middleweight, well, at least for the world heavyweight. So, I mean, we'll see. I'm looking for, you know, I'm, I'm seeing what's going to happen. What's next for, for Gino. That's what I'm actually keeping an eye on. So. Right. And I like how they're, they're kind of wrapping up storylines. So they're ending it with Gino on a losing streak. And who knows if we're going to see Gino over the next two weeks before this season ends. And we get that little break before the season starts up again in July. But um, I'm interested to see where it goes as well. And I've always appreciated Gino and his ability. And uh, I still love the fact that he stands firm that he did not get fired. He left. Whereas Richard Holiday firmly says he was fired. So I don't think we'll ever get a clear answer on that. They both have their differing opinions. We'll just leave it at that. But speaking of Richard Holiday, Alicia and Richard Holiday, whenever these two cut promos, there is literally so much tension and they literally feed off each other so well. And even though Alicia tries to be nice, Holiday finds a way to bring that inner bitch out in her. And I don't really think it's always her fault, but it starts off with Holiday stating he's, he's, he's a baby face for all the Kutsumanaros. He's a big, they're loving him and his merch is selling out like crazy. And then he shows Alicia a concept of a roller coaster called Muscle Mountain. Now, if you pause it at the right moment and you look at the center of the poster, it, it's a man like this with a roller coaster going into what Alicia has dubbed a hammer dick. Um, <laughs> Holiday ignored it completely, saying he's not familiar with that and uh, says Alicia is making fun of him and his sensitivity now. And he just ends the interview. Much like every other time they have spoken, he ends the interview and he seems to get really offended. And it almost leads me back to a few months before when Hammerstone asked him, dude, do you have a crush? And he's like, no, I don't have a crush. He seems to get really over the top offended whenever Alicia doesn't like, doesn't support him the way he feels that she should. And uh, I don't know what to say, but hammer dick. I think that's going to be the, <laughs> the word of the day. That's a blatant hammer dick. And she even said as he walked away, maybe make that poster a first draft. Don't release it right away. Go back and maybe sleep <laughs> on it. Take a look at it. But what are your thoughts on the hammer dick? I mean, it's Richard Holiday. He's a, he's a marketable man, you know? That's what he's known for. He's a marketable man. And just, but this shit just caught me off guard. Um, <laughs> just for her to say that, like, Richard, it's a hammer dick. You know, the head is like, no, no. What are you talking about? No, it's, it's not. No. This interview is over. I'm, I'm out. So <laughs> just, oh, my God. I mean, I, I, I love Richard Holiday. He's it's just his character, how he developed overall. And then we, these, these segments he's been having with Alicia. Shit, man. It just, yeah, it looks like he does have a crush on Hammerstone. I'm like, okay, yeah. What's up with that? Okay, what's going on with that, bro? Why having a crush with Hammerstone? But yeah, I mean, Richard Holiday. Uh, I'm just curious. Was I'm just curious what's going to happen with him too? That's another one that I'm curious about. But I'm loving these segments. Overall, I, I can't get enough of them. I actually love them. But this one caught me off guard, though. Word of the day, ladies Hammer. and gentlemen, is Hammer. That's right. That's right. That's right. So um, also after that, they announced again the Hammerstone press conference is still to come later on in the show. And then we get a Los Parks promo. And this is a promo like I, I really struggle with these guys when they do their promos because a lot of time I don't feel the passion. I feel like they're just literally reiterating what they've been told to reiterate. I don't feel the realism. But this one, 
it impressed me. It actually gave me that sense of realism. They're saying they don't agree with Selena going against El Jefe, saying that Los Park specifically say he took her along for the victories, even when she didn't believe that they would win. She has profited off his family's success, but her bad decisions are, are carving up her for a very bad thing. From when Hammerstone hit him, she was calling him a dumbass. And thanks to Los Parks, she's known in the US and Mexico. Los Parks' son then steps in, saying that El Jefe is constructing a new temple and will be happy with all the violence to come. They will all be stronger and prepare for the consequences. And if Selena fails again, she will regret it completely. What were your thoughts very quickly on this promo before we get into the rest of the episode? But this was probably, in my opinion, before I pass it over to you, this was the best promo I've seen from Los Parks since they started cutting promos in MLW. And I'll put that on wax right now. Reason why? Because they've been having short promos. They have been having, they never had this long of a promo. And then that's what, if you notice that from Los Parks, they, they don't give that much time doing a promo like that. And obviously we do have that translating. So of course, Yo entiendo porque también hablo español. Okay, I, I, so I understand. But this segment, I love it. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's going on over Selena because I, it got me kind of like, okay, you walked out on Milmertos last week, you know, while he was in, during the match against Hammerstone. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Ed Heppet did not like that. So this is an opportunity for her to redeem herself. Uh, and I'm hoping she does because I like her in... You know, I I stick underground. I stick underground. I like her being that fashion. I like her being there with, with those parks and with Mil Muertes. I do, would not like to see her separating from that. So I'm hoping that this, you know, with this and help is whatever new strategies gonna take take it out. I'm hoping that she redeem themselves and get back on track. You know, with those parks and Mil Muertes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we also find out that King Mo is going to be in action later on the show. And then we're going to recap of Myron Reed. After everything that was done with Contra, that's all in the past, he called out Leo Rush last week. He asked specifically for his rematch clause to be instated. He wants to get his title back. We all want Reed versus Rush too. Now we get Alicia with Leo backstage and he's going to answer Myron's challenge. He really doesn't answer the challenge. He just says it's never going to happen. Reed's never going to get his title back. But we'll find out later on the show that that is not the case. Uh, Leo says Myron got embarrassed and he would want redemption, but says just flat out it's not going to happen. And then he asks Alicia what time it is. She states the actual time by saying it's six o'clock, but he's telling her it's rush hour and the title's going to stay where it is. Um, Leo Rush usually has great promos. I found this one to be a little bit flawed. I don't know if they're building up the flawed promos for it to be that showing a little crack in the armor. The Leo Rush may be a little nervous about getting Myron Reed for the second go round, but it definitely wasn't Leo's best promo. And for the 25, 25K piece of gold, he really didn't show me much in that promo. Kind of the same things he's been reiterating the last couple of weeks. So I'm a big Leo Rush guy. I'm all about Leo Rush. But I got to say, in terms of this storyline building to the second match, Myron Reed has won the promo contest, hands down, in my opinion. But what are your thoughts on the Leo Rush promo? I mean, I'm with you 100% on that. Um, Myron Reed has, obviously, the best promo compared to Leo Rush. And no disrespect to Leo Rush. I mean, I love Leo Rush. But his promos as of late that he's been doing has not won me over. It hasn't been like, all you're saying is, what time is it? You know what time it is? It's rush hour. That's it. You only have three fucking words for me, and that's all you're gonna have. You know, take out on a fucking promo. I'm sorry. I mean, shit. I mean, you're not winning me over. You know, my heart is open, but now it's 
kind of like, yeah, I don't know, man. You, you need to step up with the promos, man. Loved you, you know, in other, you know, other promotions, but here, I don't know what exactly what he's doing on, on this promo. I, I, I don't know. I'm not really, I wasn't really intrigued, to be honest with you, on this promo. Yeah, he's not selling you for the build, for the match that we, we want to see part two, and we know the match is going to be stellar. Myron's doing his job of selling, getting everyone hyped and ready for this. Yeah. Leo, I don't think is. And I, I think that's a reflection of um, sometimes that, that bad attitude that trickles through. He's never been showcased as having a bad attitude. Leo's always been a respectful worker. He'll come in, he'll do his job. But I feel like here he's just doing the nine to five. Leo, cut a promo. Okay, it's rush hour. <laughs> that's, wow. Thank you for that, bro. Thank you. So, I didn't know it was rush hour. I thought it was um, the midday morning rush, but thank God you <laughs> clarified it's rush hour. Okay. All right. And now we get King Mo in action and he's going up against Robert Martyr. How convenient that the guy's last name is Martyr. Because what oh. are most martyrs? They're sacrificial lambs. They're there to prove something. And King Mo wins via tap out. Uh, this match went about a minute and 17 seconds. I rounded up to 120, but it went a minute longer than it really needed to. I really thought Robert Martyr was going to break the record and become the seven second man because Bud Heavy was the eight second man. And when this match went past seven seconds, I was like, really? Robert Martyr, uh, you know, whatever. The guy's character name was Robert Martyr. Again, Martyrs are sacrificial lambs. This guy was only out there to show that King Mo is in contention for one of the straps in MLW. Uh, again, like I said, this match went one minute longer than it needed to be. This was hands down the worst match on the card, probably because it was supposed to be. But before we get into the Salino promo with my amazing, the unsung heroes of MLW, the cameramen, because I love these guys and what they do. What are your thoughts on this, this King Mo match with Robert Martyr? I mean, wow. <laughs> Well, first of all, I was actually happy that he lasted this long. I mean, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's one thing I had to give. I mean, at least you know, Robert Martin at least lasted for you know for this cup of time. At least it wasn't a very quick squash match. And plus, we haven't even seen King Mo in quite some time in MLW. So I mean, it's filthy island. That's right. Yeah, that was the last time we saw him. And I and you know prior to that, you forgot to mention also the the, the top ten rankings that PWI did you know for MLW. Mm -hmm. um, and I, obviously, Kimo's not happy that he's not part of the rankings. So that's why he kind of let his frustrations out. And what really caught me off guard, though, on this one, him calling out low-key. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. All right. Low-key, Kimo? Okay. We could maybe see that down in the future. Again? But again? Yeah. I know. I know. I know it's again. But, I mean, I mean, you got to have – King Mo do something at least. I mean, not, not, why not? Why not low key? Why not? Again, I know it's it's a redundant storyline, but why not to have it one more, one last time? Um, but overall, King Mo, um, he should be part of the rankings. To be honest with you, he should be part of the. You know, I never mentioned the, the the top ten power rankings though, because very rarely do they change. Hammerstone's always number one, and it's usually two through six, two through eight that fluctuate. But usually nine, ten, and one are always the same. So what's the point? Yeah, I know. I, I I understand that, but I mean, we know why though. We we I guarantee we could debate this. We could go debating this whole like, I don't know how long we could get debated, but we know why the number one, which we'll get to, which you'll get to at the end. But I just yeah, they need to change. But I'm with you that. That's why I feel like King Mo should be part of that rankings on this, and then we'll see. I agree with you. I you know what I agree with you. Get some fresh blood in there. Uh, get some get some new rankings. And I think the ranking should be based not solely on what's done in the ring, but should be based on in-ring work, uh, charisma, 
and promo skills. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's why King Mo's not in it. But what I found funny about this was that the announcers were saying, you know, King Mo wants to prove the, the bookers uh, wrong. What are we talking about? He's, he has one match every six weeks. How can you book a guy for a title fight if he fights every six weeks? We haven't yeah. seen him since mid-February, and now it's the end of April. We're actually talking closer to 10 weeks if you really think about it, because yeah. March and April, like almost nine, 10 weeks since we've seen King Mo last. And even before then, it was a very long stretch again as well. So I don't know. My The jury's still out for me on King Mo. But then we get my favorite moments of MLW. The cameraman. I've mentioned it a few times. The cameramen are the unsung heroes of MLW for all the shit that they put up with, from getting pushed to getting suckered into backlay brawls and having to say, oh, shit, we got to get the fuck out of here, to getting paid $20 by Leo Rush to carry in his bag, which that cameraman, <laughs> he made 20 bucks. So I'll give that dude credit. He took it. But so Selena's outside, dressed all in black, very Jennifer Lopez looking, very thick Latina lips, very, the, the long hair. That's fine. I don't know what that particular style was she was going for that day, but she always, Selena always looks good, no matter what, in my opinion. Uh, the cameraman asking Selena, what's up with her and Hal Hefe? She, she's literally trying to cut a promo on the cameraman. Why are you asking? Why are you asking? Then the phone rings and it's a call. We can only assume the calls from El Jefe, basically stating to her that there's an opportunity. She agrees that she will be there next time. And then she will, she will literally live up to the opportunity. I don't know if it's going to happen next week or the week after, but there will be a time where she's requested. She will be there. She's agreed to it on the phone. And as she hangs up the phone, she mouths the word fuck. fuck. Okay. And then El Jefe's muscle again, grabs the camera, pushes it all the way down to the ground. And the poor cameraman now is on the ground, which was obviously you could state by the weather outside. It looked like it just rained. The poor bastard now was laying in wet grass. That's uncomfortable. He doesn't want to do that. And he didn't deserve that. I don't believe Al Jefe's muscle had to do that at all. But again, these are just the cameramen and the unsung heroes. Uh, we're finally, I think, before this season ends, we're going to get to see who El Jefe is. I've stated on Wax, I believe it's Vampiro. Just based on Azteca Underground, Lucha Underground, the logos look very similar. I think it is Vampiro. I could be dead wrong. And if I am, well, it is what it is. But what are your thoughts on the Selena semi-lifeless promo? Because she really didn't have much to do other than take the phone call. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think we we're going to see the revelation of the review, the reveal of El Jefe. And I, I don't know. This one is a tough one, man. Um, I'm hoping they, uh, I'm, it, to, to say who it is, it's a, it's a tough call. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm going with you that it's, it's Vampiro. I can't see Conan. That's a fact. I can't see that. But I can see Vampiro most definitely because how you mentioned, you know, being involved with Lucha Underground and, you know, working with that promotion. Um, I don't know who else could we see as a Huffer. I mean, I don't know. I can, I, I cannot see who could it be. I mean, but at this point, at this moment, I can see that it's, I, we're hoping in the season finale, we were going to see Vampiro being that one. So I'm just crossing my fingers. I'll be in shock, bro, if it's not him. And it's someone <laughs> unexpected, man. I'm like, what? what? I didn't expect this guy. Like, that's how, that's like my, re my reaction if it's not Vampiro. So, oh my god it's chavo guerrero no I don't. oh hell no oh no 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 sorry chavo right. i love you chavo but no <laughs> <laughs> i love you chavo but not for this not for this not for this not, not for this one not for you so um we get a recap again of the von erickson team filthy all the stuff that's been going back and forth and then tom lawler cuts what i believe to be promo of the night says the von erickson can't keep their mouth shut when it comes to with the filthy tom he's been called a liar he's been called jealous he's been called a coward nothing is true ivan nothing is true except calling the von erics good guys he brought them to mlw he knows the truth he issues a challenge to marshall not ross 
Marshall, the one with the bum knee. And that's yeah. Tom Lawler's edge. I love him for that. Yeah. Saying he asked whoever left in your family, ask anybody, ask your brother, ask your father, who's ever left in your family, which I thought was a little bit of a low blow. If you have the guts to face me one-on-one or will Marshall hide behind his bum knee, fake an injury to escape a fight, which is exactly what Tom Lawler did a few weeks ago in that chain ropes match. Yeah. Um, and if they go out in each other, he will expose Marshall as just a boy, not a man, just a boy. Just a- so, um, you know, promo tonight, we're going to get, we get Marshall's response a little bit later in the day, but right before Corp Bauer makes his announcement, which we already talked about earlier, again, Tom Lawler, like I said, the guy can breathe fire through a microphone. I think he's, uh, I'm hoping one day that we get him and Leo Rush, because I think that promo battle will bring out the best in both individuals and build up one hell of a story if we can get there. But your thoughts on the Tom Lawler promo and calling out Marshall Von Eric? I love it. I'm team filthy all the way, man. I am. Not besides, you know, MLW, but other promotions as well. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about MLW. But yes, I'm team, team filthy all the way. I love them upon Eric's, but I'm, I'm just a big fan of Tom Filthy, you know, Tom Lawler. I'm a big fan of him. So I cannot wait. And you know, what's, you know, what's in store of this storyline and, you know, how far they're going to go with, especially with this feud between Lawler and Devon Eric's. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it. So. absolutely let's see where it goes and we're going to get the response a little bit later but now we get the big uh kind of uh meeting of the the night this is the one everyone's been waiting for corp hours in the house with alicia talking i guess i was assume over via zoom look like zoom could be streaming right on it's one of these platforms where we can visually talk to one another uh from new york it's weird when they say he's going to be ill in the building but then he's via new york so maybe you should just say corp Bauer will join alicia tonight on mlw don't say he's in the building because he's clearly not. He's not in Orlando. He's in New York. So next time, I mean, you know, everyone just get your ducks in a row because that was like confusing. I when I when I hear Court Bauer is going to be there, I expect him to physically be in the ring with Alicia cutting a promo, not over Zoom. But he announces that fans will be returning in July and they'll be having their first show at the ECW 2300 Arena. Literally the mecca of old school wrestling attitude era venue of the gods if you will this is mount olympus when it comes to that gritty indie type of feel that mlw has and that they're going for and it's great to see them back and right in the midst of that though joseph samayel mr head of contra cuts an interview and kills it this actually i retract my statement about tom lawler tom lawler was number one but then we got this and joseph samayel when he cuts a promo he cuts it and lets everybody know exactly what they need to do. Shut up and pay attention. Watch me speak. And that's what he does. He is literally, in my opinion, he's the American Jeremy Prophet. Ah, shout out, ah. To, Joe, shout out to Joe Full in the ring and Jeremy Prophet and all the fire that gets spit over there every week. But um, he basically says, uh, Court is full of hope and delusion. It's been a year since Court bled, begged in that office in front of Joseph says he can walk back through the door anytime. He wishes the league could be his. And with a snap of his fingers, chaos is a ladder. And that court is losing grip. And just like the mighty Hammerstone, once the dominant force of MLW is now crippled by terror, he knows what awaits him in the shadows. While, for, while Jacob Fatu sits atop his throne for two years, a god of war, no man can defeat. Go ahead and celebrate your new deals because he, is, he has millions of souls nationwide will bear witness 
on Saturday, July 10th, fill up the arena with fans so they can personally witness the massacre that awaits. While Contra raises the black flag over Philadelphia. After this promo, I had to pause. I had to go outside, have a cigarette, and just soak it all in. Because Joseph <laughs> Samael can do no wrong when it comes to cutting a promo. And I can't wait to see Joseph Samael make an actual appearance. We haven't seen him in MLW since this whole COVID thing started. So I'm hoping and praying that on July 10th, we may actually see all of Contra get that band back together. And because um, anytime you have Joseph Samael, Jacob Fatu in the same building together, that just makes for an extra special MLW. But what are your thoughts on this promo? Hail Contra. That's all I can say about that. You got to hail Contra, bro. I mean, you got to hail him. Jesus, this promo, yeah, it got to me. You know? I'm with you. I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to go have a cigarette. <laughs> That's how I was too, bro. Whoa, it just gave me the chills, just that promo, man. It, it, and I can't wait to see Contra back together as well. Yeah, look, I'm not going to lie. I'll digress a little bit about it. Prior before, before this whole pandemic, yes, I was kind of annoyed of Contra. It was every week by week by week. I was annoyed by it. I, I was like, you know what? I'm losing hopes for the, you know, for this faction. Because it was just annoying. Like, and I know I'm probably going to get heat for this, but it kind of reminded me a little, you know, way back like that NWO era. That's what it kind of reminded me a little bit. I, I was hoping they didn't go to that route. But, you know, under this whole pandemic, obviously not everyone can be together. So I can actually say that I miss you guys. I do miss Contra now. So now I miss you guys. So I hail you, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now we get the Marshall Varnerick promo. Long story short, he's accepting Tom challenge. He doesn't need two good knees to beat him up. Uh, and when he's done, uh, he's going to uh, eventually be the silver bullet that will take out the Simone werewolf. I actually did like that line. I dug that line a lot. Um, he says he's just got to, you know, that Lawler's a coward and he doesn't need anything just to smash his fate in, face him because he's got heart, he's got Texas, and he's got a Y behind him. So he's going to stick the big claw over Tom Lawler's fat head and squeeze until Tom pees his pants, blacks out, and craps his pants. That was a little bit, um, ugh. good thing I didn't eat when I was watching because I didn't want to pitch any of that. But uh, he accepts the challenge, and he's going to see Tom Lawler next week. So that's one of the matches we know is going to happen next week. It's going to be Filthy Tom, Marshall Von Eric, one good leg or two good legs, and he is going to – we're, we're going to see this storyline wrap up because this has really been building since November. So yeah. we have to get the storyline finished. We have to wrap it up in the season. And I kind of like how everything's kind of steamrolling. This has been uh, – since Never Say Never, this has been – a couple really solid weeks of really good MLW TV. And it just means that the next two weeks are just going to be amazing. And it's going to cap off everything. Oh, and also I forgot to mention in that Corp Hour interview that he made it official that Reed versus Rush 2 will happen on the season finale, May 5th. So that will happen. So even though Leo said it's not going to happen, Corp Bauer stepped in, finally stepped in and said, fuck you, it is going to happen. Yes. And it's going to happen on May 5th. So we can't wait for Reed versus Rush 2 because we know wait. it's going to be fire. But we all know for a fact that part one was really, really great. One of my favorite matches of this year. Yes. Match I of the year candidate for sure. Yes, absolutely. That could be... The yeah, match of the year. And I'm hoping they kind of, you know, at least be talked about in those in the match of the year. Hopefully it's it's being recognized, even though we know that MLW's best kept secret. But this match overall, especially even with Reed, stole the show. I mean shit. I, I, I'm hoping part two does the same. I think they're gonna go away 
up to part more than what what they have done in part one. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And what about the what about what are your thoughts on the Marshall Von Erich promo? On the Marshall, I love my, I love you guys, Von Erichs. Just your promos are not really winning me over as well. I'm sorry, I can't. I mean, yeah, good thing I wasn't eating either. So I'm glad I wasn't eating. I'm just like looking at you know looking at looking at the missus. Did he just did he just hear what he said? Like, yeah, I heard what he said. I mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go eat. Like, what? <laughs> you what? You're gonna go eat? All right. You know, you, oh Jesus! Like, I will not go eat because of that promo. No. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't really. I'm with you on that. Um, with this feud to end. Um, but something tells me that it's not for some odd reason. Even though we're we're coming to and towards an ending season, but something tell me starting the new season. I think that's where they're gonna end it. I think finally, probably like the first. First two weeks, maybe so. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know where they're going with this, but I something tells me that they're not going to end this feud anytime soon. Yeah, you know what? Maybe you're right. I see this feud ending with a six-man tag. And yeah. the only way it can end with a six-man tag is if we get Ross and Marshall and their dad, uh, Kevin Von Eric, we get them in a ring versus all three members of Team Filthy. And I think yeah. that's when it'll end. And I think they'll give Kevin a little bit of a sexy spotlight. And uh, he will. Uh, be able to lay out Tom Lawler in the center of the ring while his two sons lay out uh, our friend's violence is forever. So uh, it'll be interesting. And now we get a read promo. And I, like I said, his promos have been just steadily rising and um, Reed's starting to find himself now. And this is a dangerous situation for any up and comers. He literally is the young goat for a reason because his in-ring ability has not been touchable. Uh, I have stated that on wax. He's always had it, but his promo skills were always kind of 50, 50, but now I feel like he's finding the whole package. So right off the bat in this promo, he gets a shout out to Calvin Tankman for inviting the Indianapolis to get trained in his gym. Uh, he's going to make all the doubters believers Rush is on the internet, talking, running his mouth. Yes. You got the win the first time, but now I know what it takes to beat you. And this time around, I'm in the gym every morning at 5.00 AM. I'm working hard. And what's rush doing. He's on the internet. Just keeps running his mouth. It's cool. And two weeks from now, when I step in the ring with you for the second time, it's going to shut you up, them up, the whole world, because he's going to become the middleweight champion again. And now that he said it, he's manifesting it. And I loved it. This was the most intense I've seen. Um, our good friend, Myron Reed, shout out to the young goat. He's been on the show and he's also been on uh, five questions with my daughter that dropped a couple of weeks ago. So check that out. It was a really fun interview. And uh, Myron Reed is one of the classiest dudes ever. He's humble. Uh, he knows his flaws, but he works on him every day. And um yeah, when, when his contract is up with MLW, it's going to be interesting to see if he re-signs uh, because he does have major TV time and spotlight there now or if he tries to play the field and uh, explore his options. The mini-host asked him, and he didn't confirm or deny what his plans were. So it's going to be interesting. But what are your thoughts on this Myron Reed promo before we get to the main event that made your boy eat his words? Ah, yeah, yeah, that's true. Reed has been winning me over. He's been developing with his promos, and I'm loving it. Uh, and I love the fact that they give the talent the ball. Here, go with it. Do as you do as you please. Make something out of yourself with your own promos. Create something. And this is what Reed has been doing as of late. He's been doing on his own, and he's been, you know, exceeding, you know, little by little. And he's winning the crowd over. He's winning me over. Besides his, you know, besides his in-ring skills ability, I mean, but his promos are also another key thing to win 
are not even sober. So that's what he's kind of doing right now as well. And I'm loving it. And in regards for his contract expiring, we could see him possibly testing the market. But at this moment, do you really want to? And if I were you, Corbauer, I would not sleep on it. You better resign him. Give him a blank check here. What you want? Because you do not want to lose this guy. If you do lose him, I mean, don't get me wrong. You have great talent in the roster. But this is a guy, especially for that middleweight division, that you want to keep around. You want him to be the face of that middleweight division for sure. So freelancing, I can see him. But where are you going to go? I mean, think about it. Where is the you, you fit well? I can mention, yeah, we can mention the, the territory. We can mention the major promotions even, but does it fit him? You know, honest and, you know, not disrespecting Reed at all. I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fear that they're not going to use him properly. They don't know what, they don't know what to do with him. That's mm-hmm. my fear of what I have for him. Mm-hmm. Because what he's doing in MOW is phenomenal. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it right now. I don't. I don't think he should leave. I think he should stay, and you know, build his more. You know, build his name up more in MLW. Maybe down the line. Maybe hopefully, you know, then you can freelance and go or, you know, sign to any major promotion that he would like to go to. But I would not take this risk of Corbara. You better not take this risk of not signing this, resign this individual, bro. You need to. You need to resign him because. If you lose them, I don't know what to tell you. I'll be highly disappointed because I feel like the other major promotions will not know what to do with him because there's it's so much, you know, like I can mention AEW, I can mention NXT, I can mention even NWA, Ring of Honor, New Japan, New Japan Strong Style, so many. But the question is, what would they do with him? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest cue. What would, mm-hmm. he, what would they use him for? Right. I don't, I hope he stays. So he will. I mean, his contract still got a year, year and a bit left to go on it. So he's not going anywhere, at least until 2022, 2023. So he'll be at MLW for that time. But I mean, as we know, a year can go by very quickly. We're a year plus into this pandemic. So time can fly, especially when the world kind of comes to a standstill. Now, obviously, you and the States are doing way better than we are over here. Uh, you know, you're bad when Canada is the top news story in the U.S. That's all I'm saying. Usually it's the opposite way around. But we're, we're all you guys seem to be talking about lately. And that's fine. We appreciate it. We know where we stand. We're the North. We're above you. We keep it there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to let you have that one. I'll, I'll let you have that one. I mean, yeah. And now for the main event of the evening, TJP versus Buku Dow. Um, like I said, this one made me eat my words. Uh, the old school style. Again, this was a lot of old school feel to these matches uh, today, except for the King Mo match, which was blatantly a martyr squash match. Um, but it starts with a headlock by Dow. He's not really letting up. Uh, he's doing very well wrestling TJ to the mat because as we know, TJ has the height advantage and the reach advantage and the skill advantage. And a lot of the advantages on Boo Boo Dow, I'll be honest with you. I believe TJ to be the all around better performer in the ring, but Dow may be a believer this time around. And again, I'm going to state that, but a nice head scissors lock with TJ, like TJ stands up full out headstand and finds a way to get around and, and brings Dow into the surfboard. And I loved that they were working with, they were working on the mat because that was the best way to make this match. Even was to stay on the ground. And um, then we kind of get that back and forth. Uh, uh, TJ dives to the outside or Dow dives to the outside on TJ uh, on the ring apron. And then he pushes down into the ring apron. So now TJ's back in control. There was never really a, a point where one had the upper hand. They just kind of turked, 
took turns uh, going into it. And then a sweet power bomb by TJ. I thought that was going to be it. I figured we're five minutes in. It's got to be it. But no, it wasn't. Uh, Dow gets up and another clothesline by TJ and he's back in control. Uh, he's dishing out all kinds of really cool holds. TJ was very creative in this match. And it's probably because of who he was with in the ring. Basically, Dow saying, listen, let's do something that people haven't seen in a while. A lot of these holds, you really couldn't even... They were anchor holds, but they were different types of anchor holds. They were stretching different muscles in the body, which I appreciated. I always loved that old school feel. This reminded me of a high school gym match, an NCAA gym match, because they were so on the ground with the holds of technical, and it wasn't really the high-flying stuff that we're used to seeing for both parties, especially mm -hmm. TJP. We know if he can get to the top rope, he's going to fly. Um uh, Dow does the beautiful springboard. He covers TJ for a quick two. TJP, again, another power bomb. And at this point, it looked like he was just beating down a child. Dow had that, you stole my milk and cookies face going on. And that's when I kind of was like, ah, but now we're about nine minutes in, way past where I thought this match was going to go. We get another surfboard on Dow, and Dow is selling it so well, screaming in pain in the center of the ring with nowhere to go. But he finds a way to literally crawl himself on his knees to the rope to break that hold. Uh, TJ, like I said, is just dishing out all kinds of punishment, really just bullying Dow. And you say you didn't really see TJ as a bully, maybe not with the promos and all that stuff, but in the in-ring work with no words being said, TJ was the, the heel and he was doing a very good job of making you feel sorry for Dow. And, um, like I said, this match really surprised me. I went into it with very low expectations, but they both really won me over. And despite the build to the feud that I really didn't care about, they really did win me over. And it was a nice kick by Dow. TJ rolls to the outside. Suicide dive on Dow onto those wooden steps, which we know are painful. We've talked about those in depth. They're really, really painful. Oh, yeah. uh, then we get a flying shoulder tackle by Dow. TJ goes for a clothesline and into a face-down bulldog by fucking Dow. I was like, holy shit. Uh, he's punching TJ in the middle of the ring. Then we get a bunch of corner Irish rips. Then TJ up on the top rope. Standing drop kick, face down again. That was crazy. When Dow went flying oh, off yeah. the top rope and TJ caught him with a standing drop kick. The agility you have to have to get up with not a running start on a drop kick is impressive as hell. Um, where are we now? TJ goes up for the fireman's carry. He knocks the ref down. Now the ref is out. And Dow gets the roll up for almost a four to five count. Dow won this match. There was a four yeah. to five count that Dow won it. And then uh, Dow goes to wake up the ref. TJ pushes him down. To the bottom turnbuckle, Dow's kind of seeing stars. Then we get um, top rope again. It's wrapped up now, going for another superplex. Dow knocks down TJ, and this time, I didn't know that this could happen, but some kind of a brain buster, which was very impressive. And for the match, Dow wins the match. 14 minutes. I may have screwed up a couple points here and there, but 14 minutes long, and these two kept me entertained. And like I said, I eat my words. I apologize to Buku Dow. I apologize to TJP. Because even though the build for the storyline I wasn't invested in and I could care less, they made me eat my words. And this was one of my favorite matches in the last couple of weeks that I've seen. The main events on every fusion after Never Say Never have been fantastic. And this was just really, really impressive. And this left us with only two minutes for the Hammerstone press conference, which I'm sure was going to be longer. But because this match was so fucking good, they ran story on the Hammerstorm uh, press conference, which we'll get to right after because it's very quick. It's literally one minute long and then it's over. But what are your thoughts on this match? Like I said, both these guys made me eat my words and Buku Dao really impressed the hell out of me in this one. This was the best I've seen him wrestle so far in his time in MLW that I've watched. No, I, I'm with you in that. 
you know, but that's why I said, I mean, Bukudal's not a sleeper. Um, very up, you know, upcoming rising star, very talented. Uh, TJP, you know, I'm with you on that because the, the thing is that, especially with this storyline and the way how it's, it's developed, yeah, of course, it's not intriguing because it's like, okay, you do your, you're busting a, you know, student versus master type of shit. Okay, yeah, get out of my dojo. I don't, you're worthless, you're useless. And, oh, yeah, you're, you know, on the street trying to, you know, build up. You're mad, at your, you're mad at your teacher. You're mad at your mentor. Okay, I need to beat him. I need to tell him that, no, I am the master now. So this is what's kind of like that kind of type of match. Okay, teacher versus student. The student wins. Now I'm the master. Now I'm the best. And, of course, we know that TJB can sell uh, in the ring, and he is very technical. If you go back to his New Japan days as well, uh, he is a highly technician before developing his high, you know, high-flying skills that everybody's a lot more familiar with, but if you go back to his history, he's more of a technical guy in the ring, especially in shoot wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, Buku Dao is another one as well that he is underrated, and I and I'm looking forward to see what's what's next for him. And I'm hoping this storyline ends like ends that I hope I hope it ended with this. I hope it don't go more further. Don't do a trilogy, no. Please don't bust no other shit that the other promotions do. Do not do that. Just fucking end this shit with this. That's it. All right. I'm the master now. So back of the line, let me just move forward and have TGB go to do something else. But this match overall was incredible. Though. I loved it. Ah, oh, man. Just that face plan that Buku Dao has. Like, woo, that's a badass finisher. I never thought of seeing a finisher like that, jumping from the second top, grabbing his spinning around a face plan. Like, oh, shit. Oh, woo, I like this. I like this finishing maneuver. So I'm, I'm hoping... He keeps it, and and hopefully, like I said, I mean, Buku Dao is not a sleeper, man. We got to keep an eye on that cat for sure, most definitely. Absolutely. Like I said, they made me eat my words, and I think you're right. You have to go out on a high note with the storyline. Dao won. He got his, he got his redemption. He got his vengeance. Uh, yeah. It's time to move on. And now to the final point of the evening, which, uh, like I said, it's going to be a quick 30 seconds. Uh, Hammerstone press conference. He's tired of there being two heavyweight champions in MLW, and the ball is now in Fatou's court. The challenge is out there. Do you accept and then he just walks away and MLW goes off the air. So again, again, another blatant um, head scratcher from the Mad Genius Corp Bauer. I don't know uh, where this is going, but I'm so over the fact that this is not the first time Hammerstone has issued out a challenge. We have not seen Fatou accept. I will state it again. I believe the openweight title should be a number one contender's title, which it is, but it should be like a money in the bank championship. If I agree. Fatou's in the building and I want a challenge, I'll go out. I hand my belt to the ref. Now the open weight title is vacant and I could challenge for that title. And that's the way it should be. And it hasn't been like that. I don't know what core Bauer is exactly doing with this storyline, but it's been two years. And every time I think we're getting an inch closer to where we need it to be slows it down. There's a better chance of us seeing Hammerstone and Fatou go at each other in GSW than there is of them going at each other in MLW. I and that says something. And I, 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 we all, we're all fans of GSW. We all love what Brandon Ascari and team is doing over there. Uh, the GSW pay-per-view is coming up in May. You know, I'm going to be getting that. Can't wait for that. Definitely going to be doing a prediction show, probably solo by myself because the mini house doesn't watch GSW. <gasps> She's grounded. What? She's grounded for life. No, I'm joking. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, we have a better chance of seeing it there than we do in MLW. So your thoughts on this promo before I get you to shout out your socials and we say goodbye for this week. What are your thoughts on Hammerstone? And are we going to see Fatou contra Joseph Samael except finally? 
it's not even about the fact that them accepting. I'm pretty sure they will, but it's like how you mentioned it. It's just Corbar. Like, what are you? We've been waiting. We've been patiently waiting for quite some time already for this to start already. We need a new open weight champion. We do need to develop this storyline and move forward with it already. I don't know. Maybe he's waiting for the season premiere. You know, I would, once they jump on Vice once, you know, on July, maybe that could be it. I'm hoping that'll be it just to stop keeping us waiting, like cringing. Like, come on, let me have this match. I want this match. But look, Hammerstone is very talented. I, I'm a big fan of, of Alex Hammerstone. I've followed his career. And yes, I think it's about that damn time that he needs to win. And I love Jacob Batu, too. Don't get me wrong. He's been champion, what, two years already now in MLW. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever has gone through, you know, trying to dethrone him. But I feel this is a guy who needs to now dethrone him and be the top guy. I just hope that court makes it official that uh, that July with the live crowd. I'm hoping so. And so we can end this because if he extends it longer, you're going to lose me little by little with, with this. Uh, okay. I'm calling him out. I'm calling Jacob fat two out and nothing's happening. And I'm like, I'm not, this is not towards Alex. It is more just towards like Bauer, like dude, make it official. Make this, Say on July 10th, live crowd, we're gonna have Alex Hammerstone challenging Jacob Fatu for the MLW World Heavyweight Champion. Can we just have that announcement already? Like shit, you don't have us waiting for this because the longer the longer you have us waiting, the longer the the longer us as fans are not gonna be like ah, he keeps saying that every week. Oh, now it's official. I don't even want to see it. I want to see it at GSW. You see, oh, you see exactly right. I mean, so I don't. I, I'm hoping he does, and and because you know it's a lot of crowd. I'm I'm putting putting my chips all in. I, I feel like he's he hasn't announced that match for the with the live crowd. I feel like he's gonna do it. I have a feeling something tells me he's gonna he's gonna end up doing it. He's gonna have a major card, especially for that July 10th event. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! Oh, and 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 I hope I hope and pray that if he does announce it, it's on the final episode of this season on May 5th and he actually is in the ring not via zoom not via satellite be in the ring drive to Orlando fly to Orlando whatever it is we know that vaccines are available I believe you guys have already pretty much vaccinated almost every state or close to it at this point where we here are still struggling to get vaccines but we'll get them shortly and hopefully the world can go back to some sense of normal the vaccine doesn't stop COVID it just makes the symptoms more cold and flu-like Yes. So let's just let's just try to get these things going so that we can see it. But yeah, Court Bauer, much like the vaccines, roll the shit out, make the fucking announcement, and let's get shit going. Because I'm tired. I'm yes. exhausted. Yes. I've only been I've only really been invested in, in MLW wholeheartedly. I've been watching it for a long time, but I've only been invested really since we started this show, me and my former co-host. But um, you know, hey, this has been a great rewind. This is another one in the can. We've only got two more left of this season before we take a nice break. And we revamp, redesign, and rewind again come July. Ivan, shout out your socials. Shout out your amazing podcast. Let the people know where they can find you, follow you, and keep up with you and everything you guys are doing over there at Circle Debate. And shout out all your other fabulous co-hosts. But shout out Chris last. (laughs) Chris, if you're watching this, bro, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, you're You're the most beloved guy in the podcast, bro. So, yeah. Definitely, Chris. But yes, uh, 
Check us out at Circle Debate on our YouTube channel. And also you can follow us on our social media platforms. You can follow us at, at Twitter and Instagram at Circle Debate, Facebook, Circle Debate group page. We do have our weekly episodes every Fridays and our top fives every Sunday, like afternoon, evenings, but our time, Pacific Standard Time. So it'll be a little bit later for you, you know, for the Eastern time, a little bit three hours ahead. Of, so that's what we usually do every Every, every Fridays, every Mondays. And we usually do also as well MMA episodes, which, you know, stay tuned for that as well. So follow us. And what else can I say? Oh, Chris, yeah. Hi, buddy. That's like, <laughs> hi, Chris. Yeah. All right, well, Ivan, thank you for being my uh, special guest host this week. I appreciate you, man. You came to the call when I wasn't sure where Rewind was going to go. All I can say is that, is yes, I am with you. Do not want to die out. I have anything I will do whatever I can to be part of, you know, part of the MOW Rewind permanently to make this because I'm, I love it. And plus, like I said, it, it makes my job more easier because I'm, I'm able to talk now. Mm-hmm. You get me? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm able to talk now. So, you know, you're in, you're in, you're in head on this one. I'm just, all right, you're asking me. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm being asked the questions now. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun. You gave great insights, great perspectives. As always, get those fresh insights and perspectives. And that's it for this Rewind. I'm your host, your boy, George Mackay. Thank you so much for listening, watching, subscribe, like. I'm 11 away from 300. I would love to hit that before I hit my 200th episode. So, uh, you know, anybody that hasn't subscribed, give us a shot. There's great content all the time. And uh, peace, love, and wrestling. And from my hermano, Ivan, the devious one, and myself, we'll see you guys soon. Peace. Peace.